the girl. Hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Ryan Brawl to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morasky teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer, he reaches in a right right back. He's not Dad Ramson. He's just fought. Stu Grimson. Oh my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Grimson. Folks, this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnabush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. He absolutely decked Jim Kite with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand by Wade Beeland. Chris Nyland on a penalty shot. Score! Bugard down the wing. Bugard falls away. Score! Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode 26 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who drop big gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. And today's guest is a guy who played uh, quite a few games in the minors and grinded it out in the old U-Haul League in the ECHL and uh, even had a quick stint in the Quebec League a couple times, and he managed to rack up almost 3,400 penalty minutes. And uh, the man we're talking about, of course, as you can read by the title, I'm sure when you click this, is Bruce Watson, so... Uh, Bruce was awesome and, you know, great guest to have on, told some awesome stories about being coached by John Brophy and, uh, the absolute gong show of a wheeling team that he had. And in fact, you know, speaking of the Quebec league, uh, he was on some, some tough squads back there too, the old Laval chiefs. And if you know the Quebec league or anything like that, uh, you will, uh, you'll definitely know who the Laval chiefs are. And even if you might not be that into the Quebec league, and if you know, if you know some hockey fights and, you know, word gets around, you probably know who the Laval Chiefs are. <laughs> we'll put it that way. So, um, but now Bruce was awesome. And, you know, thanks to you. Thank you to him for coming on the show and um, bullshitting with me for a while. And <laughs> fuck, Bruce, I'm blaming you right now, bud. You uh, you got me to start chewing again. <laughs> Went out and bought my first can of dip in about two and a half months the other day. Um, so I, bl- I blame you for that uh, after we started talking about it there on the podcast. <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, it was good. And, you know, th- again, Bruce, thanks for coming on. Hope you're listening. Hope you uh, continue to listen to the show. Uh, um, hope- hopefully the boys listen to the show after they uh, they come on. You know, I'm not sure if all of them do, but I know a few do. Um, and, you know, speaking of the boys that I've had on the show, you can go back and check out a couple episodes if you're new to the show this week. Um, so I've had plenty of episodes. i got Mike DeGurse. Mark McFarlane, Mike Segroy, Jeremy Yablonski, Frank Bialois. Last week I had on Rob Ray, and the reception for that one was really good. So um, if you're just tuning into the show, you know, I encourage you to go back and listen. It's all some good stuff. And um, yeah, the Rob Ray episode, I got a lot of great reception on that one. And, um, you know, it's, it was really cool to hear Rob Ray's career and kind of some stuff. I feel like it hasn't been out there. So um, no, it was good. And I actually uh, started posting these little videos, I guess. Uh, I actually started posting them on YouTube. <laughs> haven't even announced anywhere. Real good marketing strategy by me, I guess. But um, 
<laughs> say marketing like as if like it's a big corporation. But uh, no, so I, I start posting these little videos where it's I, I put the fight on and I dub it over with like that section of the interview talking about that fight. So uh, it's pretty cool, and I think a lot of people have enjoyed it so far. So I'm gonna keep doing it, and I, I have fun doing it. Uh, it's a little something a little bit different. You still see the fight and everything. You may not hear the fight call from the announcer, but you you get to hear the the player himself, the one that's involved in the brawl, I guess we'll say, um, you know, start talking about that fight. So no, it's a lot of fun and pretty cool. So you can definitely go check that out. I, I, I apologize on my YouTube. I don't know if it's my name or if it's five for fighting. I, I think I had to do five for fighting 30. Cause of course that email was taken. Everything's Gmail now. So, um, yeah, I think that was taken. So I think it's five for fighting 30 is what it is on there. And of course, after Chris, Chris Nyland had to, had to show some love for Nux. So, uh, but yeah, Definitely encourage you to go check those out, and uh, like I said, go check out the past episodes, and while you're at it, if you want to check out some other podcasts, then there's, you know, I don't recommend a Crazy Mind Hockey podcast, but there are the, uh, this our small little circle here I always recommend, and so uh, starting off, of course, is Joe Lazito with the Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box, and he actually just had some new artwork that looks pretty good, it's like a little animated version of Joe, so uh, you've got the got the whole beard going on and everything, so <laughs> I really enjoyed that, Joe, hope well, I've Hope you'd be listening. Um, well, if you listen to the Rob Ray episode, and I know how you feel about Rob Ray, you're definitely tuning into this one at least. So, um, <laughs> but no, go check out Joe. Joe, he uh, follows exclusively like uh, Islanders enforcers. So he's had guys on like uh, Mike McWilliam, Mick Fukoda, uh, Dinu, and Jimmy Mack, uh, and he just is doing a bracket challenge right now, and it's uh, all about Islanders enforcers, and it's kind of uh, you know it's the top dog. It's almost like uh, old fourth line voices. Uh, was it like the, what the Bob Probert Invitational? Boy, we haven't done it in so long now. <laughs> Fucking feel like we've been cooped up in here, and I forget all the hockey topics now because we normally we do it in the off season. Um, I think we do it towards you know the later end of the year uh, is when Southpaw does it, but I don't think it just feels like the off season because we don't have any hockey. Um, so yeah, I'm sitting there getting everything confused, but it's just uh, you know we don't have any hockey right now. So I'm a little little off on my time, even though I don't watch it. It still feels a little weird not having it on. But uh, anyways, getting sidetracked. Yeah, Joe's got the um, the Islanders enforcer bracket, and so we kind of going through line by line of uh, hypothetical matchups between guys who played on the Islanders, and uh, you know who's going to be the the quote unquote you know uh, champion enforce or whatever you want to call it who's gonna be the champ of uh, long island there we go can't talk i just had dinner so maybe that's uh maybe <laughs> it's my fault uh you know if i can do a little bit of a food coma but um no so definitely go check out joe's podcast it's great stuff and always enjoy listening to it uh go check out bobby longgrass over at the bucket drop i know he just had a uh just had a kid so uh, it's a little bit slow over there for him understandably of course you know kids are gonna slow you down uh you got a lot of a lot of stuff on your plate now but bobby does some good stuff he's actually had fourth line voice on he's at dean mayrand john morasty brandon sugden so uh yeah definitely go check out bobby's show it's doing good and uh it was always fun to see what bobby comes out with and um as far as the enforcer podcast goes there is some good news and that is of course that fourth line voice is back uh his show and of course if you listened before uh, list the previous episodes you'll know that his show was kind of gone and uh kind of explained a little bit of it but you know i wanted i wanted to see how everything panned out before i uh you know dove deeper into it and uh you know private messaging darren back and forth but no his show is back and he's actually with the hockey podcasting network so good for him and you know congratulations on that and i look forward to listening to the show he actually just came out with his first episode today um 
which is Tuesday. I think it was today. Um, but right now it's on Spotify. It's going to be on Apple soon, so don't worry about that. That's where I listened to it at was on Spotify today since it's not quite on iTunes yet. But uh, it's definitely coming. So stay tuned for that. And glad to have the original Enforcer podcast back. Uh, so as you know, I always credit Darren with that. He's always the original Enforcer podcast. So it's always important for that. But in the meantime, while you're waiting for that to come out on iTunes, you can definitely go check out his YouTube channel, which of course is just Fourth Line Voice. And speaking of other YouTube channels, also check out WhenProbertWasKing.com. Um, you know, Steve does a great job over there. He just had a top 25 list, and he's actually going to discuss it with Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice. Uh, you know, everybody always likes to list the top fives, top tens, whatever the case may be, but he has a top 25 list, and it's very in-depth with uh, pictures, videos of all the reasoning as to why this guy is placed here what brought him here, what maybe knocked him down a couple notches, you know, so definitely go check that out. Uh, you know, I, I know I plug all these guys in all the time on the podcast, and I know it may sound redundant every time, but it's uh, it's like the small little fight circle, I guess we have the fight community, we'll say. Um, it's a dying hobby, and I got into it late, and as you know, I'm a little bit younger uh, compared to these guys. Not knocking the boys, of course. <laughs> Not saying that a bad way, but um, no, so I'm, I'm a little bit younger, so I'm kind of, you know, I just, I got to catch everything on the tail end of even even seeing hockey fights themselves. You know, I got to see the tail end of the enforcer and uh, you know what they meant to the team, everything like that. And so, uh, all these guys I mentioned kind of keep the spirit alive. And whether people like it or not, it, I think it's important to get these guys' stories up. That's why I do the podcast, and that's why I have fun doing it and continue to enjoy doing it. Is uh, you know getting these boys' stories out. Not you know it's not all about the goal scorers and everything sometimes. And I get people maybe have a distaste for fighting now and physical play of hockey. But I I think it's important not to just close that book and, you know, throw it on the shelf, never to open it up again. Uh, You know, pull it out every once in a while, give it a look and reminisce on the good times. I get, well, good times for me, I guess, if you don't like fighting bad times for you. But, um, but now listening to some stories from the boys and hear what it was like. It was a different world back then and different game of hockey, and of course I miss it, but uh, these guys shouldn't be shunned for what they did or anything like that, so uh, that's kind of why I always plug these guys in, and not only that, they do great content too, I wouldn't I wouldn't plug them in if they were assholes or they were doing shitty jobs, <laughs> um, so no, go check them out, and you know, keep up the uh, keep up the good work, boys, if you guys are listening, hope you, uh, hope you guys continue to keep doing it, and keeps me entertained all the time, and it keeps me on Twitter and Facebook and the whole reason I'm on there and everything like that, and so, um, and you know, Last but not least, I'll plug another podcast in that he actually just had some t-shirts come out with Shane Guilfoyle over at the History of Hockey podcast, and he also did the episode with me. Uh, what would he, he call it, a swap cast? I don't know. Shane knows all these fancy podcast terms. I just know we recorded the same episode and released it on both of our podcasting platforms. So, um, no, we went over the History of Hockey Fights, but Shane runs the History of Hockey podcast. Does a great job. He's actually doing a really good, uh, I think he's on part five of it now, is Women of the Wild West talking about women's hockey. Uh, he does a lot of great stuff. He's had a three-part series with uh, Doug this Hammersmith, and that's the original goon. For those who don't know, he's done done one on the Danbury Trashers and a couple other line brawls. So he, he, he mixes in some, some good stuff as far as enforcing goes. And uh, just general education of hockey. I always like to listen to the stuff about the game that, might uh people might not always know and uh shane will definitely let you know and get some great content out of him and he actually just released some t-shirts with vintage ice hockey so go check their stuff out too uh you know it's like another smaller company nothing big 
And I, uh, I happen to actually order a couple shirts from them before, and I actually just ordered my, my next two. I ordered the one for Shane because he has his own merch up there now. So good for you, Shane. Proud of that. Uh, you know, proud of you for that, bud. And uh, definitely ordered. I already ordered one. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I got to get one. And also, they happen to have a Moto City Mechanics one, so I had to go and show some love for the old U-Haul League and definitely ordered that one up. Uh, and they got plenty of different leagues they got the old making whoopee the madison i mean if you listen to this you probably a lot of people probably like the u-haul league so i'll just say that but i mean they have the old wha and everything and even a couple roller hockey teams and everything like that but uh, they got the madison monsters muskegon fury the las vegas thunder or the old ihl so definitely go check out their stuff it's called vintageicehockey.com uh great stuff over there they're not even endorsing me to say this i just i just genuinely enjoy it and of course i'm more so endorsing shane shirt for him so uh definitely go check that out uh, and, you know, real quick before we end it here, I'll just uh, let you know where to find me at. And uh, you can check me on Instagram. It's five for fighting pod. Um, you know, just spelled out, nothing fancy. And then on Twitter, it is the five for fighting pod, but the uh, five is the number. So it's going to be the number five and then for fighting pod. And last but not least, on Facebook, you can find the Five for Fighting podcast page. Give it a like, and you'll stay up to date with everything. And if you want to check out more fight videos, fight pictures, fight discussions, go check out the Enforcer Appreciation Group. We're over almost up to 10,500 members now. It's crazy to even think about it. It's almost a year old now, so I've almost had 10,000 people join it in a year. Uh, lots of former players in there. The list goes on with who you got in there, honestly. So just pick your poison. You'll you'll see them. They always always like to comment and chime in from time to time. So, uh, anyways, guys, you didn't um you didn't come here to hear me yap the entire time. I've even gone a little bit longer than I like to. So we will pass it over to Bruce Watson. Thank you everybody for listening. Hope you enjoy and sit back, relax, crack a beer, put a chaw in <laughs> to listen to Bruce Watson. Thanks everybody. This should be good. This should be very good. All right, and here today on the Five for Fighting podcast, we have a guy who had quite a tenure in the UHL, ECHL, even the mythical Quebec League, and he managed to rack up 3,381 penalty minutes, one Mr. Bruce Watson. Bruce, how you doing today, man? Good, man. How's it going? Good to oh, hear you. Good, good. I'm glad you uh, glad you agreed to come on. I appreciate you taking the time to you know sit down and bullshit a little bit on this uh, lovely quarantine day. <coughs> no worries, Dad. Um, so we'll jump right into it. Uh, fuck. When did you, uh, when did you start playing hockey? Were you a typical Canadian kid? Like, uh, you know, born on, born on skates pretty much. Uh, yeah, I think I started when I was like two or three years old. Uh, I grew up in the country outside Ottawa, about an hour away. Uh, my old man, we had like a huge, massive farm behind us and there was a pond. So he dammed her off and I'd be out there even with my boots on it too. And threw the skates on and that was it. Well, there you go. Easy enough. <laughs> um, so, you know, of course, hockey DB can be kind of sketchy, especially like in juniors as far as like, you know, it's a little bit blurry um, how far back everything goes. But you played in the uh, Central Canada Hockey League. What was that like playing there? Oh, it's a good league, man. I mean, there's tons of uh, tons of great hockey players that uh, played in this league. Uh, guys that I played with, and I mean, guys that I played against, uh, Matt Bradley, for instance, I think he had a 10 or 11 year career in the, uh, in the NHL with San Jose, Washington and Pitt. Um, and I mean, a bunch of other guys have played obviously in the American league as well. Um, just, I mean, Ottawa's pretty much a hockey hotbed, even back then it was as was Toronto is today. So 
pretty good, pretty good league. Even better now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know the junior A they used to call it like jungle A back in the day. So you uh, <laughs> you started off there and. You know, right away you're putting up some pims. You know, your first year you had 117, and then your your final year there in the Canadian League you had uh, 189. So when did like the fighting kind of start for you? Did it was it did it kind of start before that, or did you end up kind of getting into the fighting a little bit later and kind of realize you can establish yourself this way? Well, I mean, that's when fighting actually had a uh, had a role in the game back then. Is like nowadays. I mean, I don't. Is there a fighter in the NHL <laughs> other than? Uh, then Revo, I mean, there's a couple guys, but Revo can play. Um, back then, for me, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a bad player per se, but I mean, to get on the ice, I needed to to find my niche, and my niche was to run guys over, stand up for my teammates, and I was more than happy to do so. Did, so did he? No coach kind of told you that it was a kind of like a mental decision, almost like you know this is a this is what I'm good at, so this is what would help me, you know, get to the next level or excel in this league. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, not only does it give your teammates uh, more time and space and a little uh, a little extra oomph, I guess, to say that hey, we got Watson on the bench, we got Bobby Davis on the bench, we got Shane Sullivan on our bench. I think we're going to be okay. We don't have to worry about uh, any of the rough stuff. We'll let those guys handle it. And that's what we did. I mean, I think I played uh, my second year. I played with guys who had 50 goals. I was on the same line, right? So, I mean, I only had, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 points. I don't know what it was. I don't know. If, I don't look at my stats, and it's obviously 25 years ago, I think. It's a long time ago. But, I mean, yeah, I knew what my role was, and I was fine with it. Yeah, your second year there, man. You put you put up fifty points, one hundred twenty three pims. So you uh you were doing something right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and fighting a guy's dad in the stands too at uh, at the home home arena where like in the hometown where <laughs> well, I grew up. How did that happen? You gotta you can't just leave it at that. You gotta you gotta get. Well, I mean, here. I even remember the, I even remember the guy's name, Dave Ridgeway. Great defenseman, great player. Went on. I think he went to Dartmouth uh, NCAA scholarship. And I beat him up pretty good. I mean, he was only a year younger than I was, but apparently his dad had traveled from Ottawa to watch him play. And we were out after the first or second period. I don't remember. And as I was walking up to the, uh, the old uh, Paul Bissonette, uh, the newscaster spot there, the cheap seats up top, uh, his old man grabbed me. And if it wasn't for my uncle who, uh, who stepped in, I would have been in some serious trouble. <laughs> there we go. We're five or, minutes in and you're already fighting someone's dad. <laughs> I love yeah, it. <laughs> uh, so that was a little much, but I mean, I got it. I scraped away, get him off of that. So it turned out okay, I guess. <laughs> well, you, you live, to get, t- live to tell about it. That's right. Live to tell and live to fight another day, apparently. Exactly. Um, well, the next year, man, you, you played in uh, university. Well, I should say not the next year. The next, I guess, league, we'll call it. Um, you played university hockey. What was that like, man? Well, it was amazing. Great, uh, amazing school. Great facilities. Great team. Uh, school was okay. I liked it. I got some years done. Uh, finished her off. Uh, had a great year. Went to the Nationals that year. Uh, only played in one game at the Nationals because, I mean, for me, I don't know. It wasn't uh, – we were fourth-line guys, and uh, 
basically they played the three top three lines and we just ran with it as long as they could. Uh, and obviously uh, I did receive a 14 game suspension for the <laughs> brawl from uh, the university of PEI in December of that year. So that was one thing. <laughs> so when we came back, me and my two line mates came back off suspension uh, literally half the season was over. So we were like playing like behind the eight ball. We were the black aces, like at Christmas time, all the way through February, we were like getting bag skated every day, fucking workouts. It was insane. But <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, the guy ran our goalie from came off the bench, ran our number one goalie. So we had to do something and we did. <laughs> Clearly you did, and you got 14 games for it. I was about to say, you put up uh, 215 PIMs out in university, so you were really getting after it, eh? <laughs> well, yeah, well, that game, the UPI game in Prince Edward Island, I believe me and uh, my line mate, uh, what's his name again? That's terrible. Uh, man, Jeff, just a big dude. Played a little bit in the coast. Uh, Quebec League guy. I think he works now in Calgary, but uh, me and him, like he's a, he's like the size of Pat Cote. He was oh. a football player on skates, and that was in I think oh like nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. He was a unit, and he just he bagged three guys. I fought two guys, and he fought three, and I mean fought like toe to toe. Guy went the guy who ran the goalie tried to get off the ice, and Jeff actually ended up catching up with him and grabbed him pulled him back into the rink there uh, in PEI and just laid a beat down on him. So, yeah, we had we had our names were in the – apparently we were in the Hockey Hall of Fame within a month about how many pims we racked up in that uh, in that brawl. It was pretty uh, – it was pretty nasty, though. There you go. You left your mark, uh, mark in college there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it happens. If he runs your goalie, what are you going to do, right? You're not going to sit there and just fucking wait for the refs to call it. (laughs) Uh, The funny thing is, I don't even think he got a penalty for that. Oh, well, fuck. Then you definitely got to tune him up then. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a, uh, what do we have? Six on six or seven on seven with one guy coming off each bench. Oh, shit. And then the the two goalies going at her. So, yeah. It's a little bit different than American college hockey. (laughs) A a lot different. Like, I mean, I. I'm the same thing. You're off. You get into a fight. You're getting. You're you're up for the game, and you're facing a three game suspension. Somehow ours escalated. I think me and Jeff both got uh, fourteen games. A couple of their guys got ten or twelve each. So it was a uh, <laughs> it was a long wait to get back on the ice in real hockey games. No kidding. Did you guys have to wear full cages there? Uh, no, we actually wore half visors. Oh, well, there you go. It was That's... yeah. It was pretty sweet. Uh, Fucking, we played, uh, Jody Shelley played. He was in that league then. Oh, shit. I love Jody yes. Shelley. PJ Stock was in uh, at St. FX the year before, uh, and he played in my hometown. So I knew PJ was billeted with a friend of mine uh, in Pembroke, where I live. That's where he played junior, too, before he went uh, back to the Quebec League there. So uh, he's a tough dude, man. Just an absolute animal. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's, I've I've always heard with you know like a like playing college hockey in in the U.S. or in any league where you got to play in full cage. I've always heard the stick work is so much worse. So I was just curious if uh, if you had to play with the full cage and you just see how much I guess worse the like the cheap shots are and everything like that. 
Well, that's, yeah. I mean, my junior league, uh, you're, the sticks were above your head all game. You'd get four cross checks right in the cage every game. You'd get uh, glove on punch to the face. So, like, when I fought in E, like, back then, I would take my bucket off. Like, I would unclip my bucket because a couple of my buddies on my team from Peterborough, they played in the uh, Ontario Provincial League, and that's what their tough guys did. When you're getting into a tilt, unless it's, like, a spur of the moment, but if you're setting up to fight a guy, it's buckets off, skate to center, and let's get this done. But that's uh, that was the way we did it. And, like, in hockey at university, not a lot of stick work. I mean, I took a couple stitches from a puck, but never from a stick. There you go. Yeah, it always because like, like I said, every time it always uh, everybody who's always played with a cage in some league or something like that. Of course, not not talking like beer league, but actual you know high level hockey. Always hear the kind of the the cheap shots and stick work go up a little bit because you know there's less uh, less consequences, especially because there's no fighting in them. But uh, of course, you know if you guys are getting in brawls and 14 game suspensions, I think uh, I think fighting is a little bit more tolerated there. <laughs> well, it's a lot. I don't know if it's tolerated, but I mean. It had to be done at that point in time, and we had a team like I, I mean, we were the second best team in our, uh, in our league, uh, and that's all the Eastern uh, Canadian universities. I mean, UNB was stacked. I mean, today they're still, I would say, probably the best university team, maybe in North America. I mean, I'm going against Unreal schools at uh, in the states. I mean, UMD I think won the last two national championships but I'm not sure, but you would be stacked every year. They had, when I played there, they had like four NHL draft picks, like in the top three rounds playing on their team. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So they were stacked. Good night. I don't know too. Like that's one, you know, I'm, I'm a little like blurry as far as my knowledge on, uh, you know, the, the Canadian hockey leagues, like the, you know, the Western hockey league and the Ontario league, but university hockey, I know jack shit about. So I never, I'm always curious to hear kind of, you know, stuff that goes on in university. Cause like I said, I'm just uneducated on it. So, um, no, it's cool. That you got, you got some inside info here. I like it. <clears throat> yeah, it was a good time. Lots of beers, lots of fights. There you go. <laughs> That's well, all you need fight. for good hockey. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, so, man, the next year, though, you, you end up in the old the old U-Haul League, the United Hockey League, with uh, Port here and the Border Cats. You know, how did that kind of come about? What? How did you kind of get there? And, you know, for your first year pro, how would you like it? Ah, beautiful place. Uh, the town was great. The fans were amazing. How I ended up there, I was uh, – I had an agent call me at the time and wanted me to go to – uh, Florida's rookie camp, which they were holding. Uh, they held the rookie camp for Florida Panthers. I guess one of the, uh, either the assistant GM or the GM at the time was an Ottawa guy. I want to say it was Sexton, but I'm not sure. Uh, so I went to that camp. Then they said when that camp was over this, they sent me an invite to my house, uh, for the Louisville Panthers. That was, uh, going to be their AHL affiliate. Uh, so I went to that camp. I was there for, I want to say, 16 or 18 days. And then Polhalski, who was a coach in Port Huron, was there scouting because I think the owners of that team owned the Louisville team. So that's how that came about. But, right. I mean, I loved it. It was good. Uh, close to Detroit. I mean, my parents were only five and a half, six hours away. Uh, my mom, so my brother, so they could come anytime they wanted. 
the town was great. Fans were amazing. We had a great group of guys. And I mean, that was where my first legit pro fight, uh, where I actually got the bag beat off me by Pete Vandermeer. (laughs) Big time. Fuck those Vandermeers, man. Like I I always say, they grow like fucking weeds with how many there are. Well, I mean, I think there's five or six of them, and they're all probably in the top 50. Yeah. Top 60 of minor pro hockey and toughness. There's not even not even a question about that. What was it like fighting him? Was it just like riding a fucking bull? Dude, that guy literally beat the shit out of me. He blackened, <laughs> he blackened literally both my eyes. Like, driving my car home after that game, I could barely see. Oh. <laughs> it was insane. Like, I ripped his jersey right off and his shoulder pads and everything came right off. And he was barrel-chested, bare-chested, and he just, I was just eating lefts and rights like it was going out of style. <laughs> well, welcome welcome to pro hockey, kid. This ain't university yeah. anymore. <laughs> I mean, at least he gave my face and my uh, bleeding nose and my busted-out tooth and black eyes. At least he gave me the head tap, made me feel a little bit yeah, better. Good like, job, hey, kid. Son, hey, son, sometime you'll be able to beat somebody up. But, yeah, not, he not was today. one tough tough motherfucker i can tell you that <laughs> no kidding man yeah pete verder he's a uh awesome guy um you know you had a couple uh tough cats on that team too you had lee cole and curtis sailor what was it like playing with those two? Oh, a couple meat sauces <laughs> sailor was uh sailor's like a pat cote pretty boy uh got the long blonde hair just a great guy uh huge into the gym was always at the gym working out uh just a great guy to learn from, to be honest. And Lee Cole, the same. I mean, decent lad. We we had a couple uh, couple incidents on the ice during practice and stuff, but all around great guy, good pro. Was always good to the younger guys. Uh, but I mean, I guess anybody gets a couple couple drinks into the night before, and you go show up at practice, and you're not uh, you're not pulling your weight. One of the older guys is going to say something, and I didn't take kindly to it. We had to talk it out and it's in the past and it's all gone. So, I mean, I had a great time there. The guys were great. All the guys. And like I said, Lee and, uh, and Curtis, they could both fucking, uh, they could both throw the mitts and they fought every top guy in that league that year. Yeah. You were, you were only left with 136 penalty minutes where <laughs> they were taking, taking some work away from you. <laughs> I think I only got like 20 shifts, but I mean, hey, <laughs> yeah, you made them count. Um, yeah. well, so you had a, you had a quick cup of coffee in Rockford. Um, you know, you played eight games there the next year, but then you actually end up in Asheville. What, what was it like playing out there in Asheville? Unbelievable. Like probably my second favorite place to play other than San Diego, just a great, like you're in the mountains if you like the outdoors you got everything and i did i mean i went fishing on my days off i golfed every probably almost every day every second day uh they had a sweet setup at like two or three golf courses we just show our name like our id and here's your golf cart here's your free pass on your way so it was pretty sweet and the hockey was great we uh the first year i was there we had a decent team I think we lost in the first round of the playoffs, like four straight. But the next year and a little bit, we had some really good teams. I think we went to the finals, actually, uh, the one year and lost either in game five or game seven uh, to Quad City. 
Oh, the old Quad City. Yeah, they'll do it to you. That's my. That's, well, I mean, that's where I grew up. Well, I, I should say I grew up, but that's where I was originally born. So the Mallards are my uh, my favorite team. They'll always have a place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, they had a good team. They, I mean, that was the only rink other than San Diego and maybe some of the West Coast teams that were drawing what nine over nine every game. Oh, usually, it was stupid. Out. It was insane, stupid man. out there in Quad City. Yeah, I went to was a that, game. What's the guy's name? Harold what's... Cornfield. Yeah. Is that the guy? I believe Harold, so. Was he... Yeah, he was the head guy there walking around with his five-piece suit on. Yep. That guy was that guy was huge. That and then I'll see what's that would have been 90 2000 so they probably had Toporowski at the time still too. I want to Topper say Topper was there. Yeah, I thought Topper. Topper uh, I mean, we wrestled in the crease, but I mean, we still fought. Uh he his son actually is going in the draft this year. He was drafted last year. That's how old we are. I mean, me and him are. <laughs> yeah, his son is, uh, you know, he's playing out there. And, of course, he plays for Spokane, too. So, you know, carrying on the torch there. And it's funny. Yeah, I he's, think uh, uh, Topper played in Spokane, right? Yes, he sure did. That's where he got the yeah. 505 penalty minutes. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. That's a lot of time in the penalty box. Oh, yeah. And then not only that, too. Um, and I didn't even know this until, uh, you know, one of my buddies uh, told me. It was uh, I think it was Darren. But, yeah, he... Um, got 505 and that's with no 10 minute misconduct so that's fucking insane to think about <laughs> well i mean I, I think i had a 400 or 450 year i think there was oh, a lot did. of tens in that like if i'm going to the box with 17 minutes i'm going to the dressing room for the rest of the game like bye see you later <laughs> yeah no kidding um yeah and one of topper's kids too he's actually coaching the the quad city team that's there i think he's the i think assistant coach um and I can't remember his name. I know it's Luke that's out in Spokane. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, the one that's coaching, but he's I coaching mean, back there in Quad City for the, uh, it's the Storm now because they're in the SPHL. But yeah, they got Topper's okay. kid coaching there. I didn't even know they were in the SP. I thought they were in the, I thought they had joined the East Coast League. They did. And then they actually ended up folding, man, for, they, they folded, I think, two, it was two years ago now. And they, they didn't go a year without hockey, but they were, um, cause it, well, they were the Mallards and they went to the AHL and then they became the Storm and then, um, back to the Mallards and then folded. And the, everybody was worried that they weren't going to have a hockey team. And then they came out of nowhere again and, uh, they're in the SPHL, but their new name is the Storm now. So, uh, it's weird for me still, not, not, seeing quad city mallards because it's you know it's like a staple that was there but dude that was a great uh and a great jersey great arena like just a nice place right there's four towns there i think yep illinois yep. and iowa yep it's uh davenport bettendorf rock island and moline that's uh that's the moline, four that make up right. the quad cities yeah and it was moline is where the stadium was yeah, and then there's like uh riverboat casinos there too right oh fuck yeah you get your riverboat gambling on down there but the heart, it was, yeah. a, I forget, it was um, Joomer's Casinos around there. I forget which one the fucking riverboat Yeah, Joomer's. That's yep. the boat one. There, oh, there it yeah, is. We, yeah, fuck. There yeah, we, <laughs> we went there. I think we, we, I mean, we lost some money there, I assume. But then there's also, isn't there a big John Deere place there? That's like right across the, it's the John Deere Museum. It's right across from yeah. the arena. <laughs> ah, I knew that because we went in there. There's a good little coffee shop in that uh, place. I used yeah. to go there and get my coffee pregame there. <laughs> yeah it's funny i was bringing my fiance we went to a uh me and my fiance went to one of the storm games this year uh for the winter and she's lived in tampa her whole life and so going up there the lifestyle is a little bit different she's like you know we're passionate we're like oh there's the john deere museum she's like there's a fucking tractor museum like where the fuck am i <laughs> i'm like hey, man. in the midwest <laughs> that's right that's uh john deere i think doesn't that don't they have a caterpillar 
uh, factory there too, or something? Um, I see. They, I know they Peoria? used to. Peoria might have it, but the, I would, no, yeah. you might be thinking of Pontiac because Pontiac—that's actually where my grandfather worked at the Caterpillar uh, factory oh, out there in Pontiac. That's what it is, <laughs> there you go. Oh. Um, yeah, useless man. information. I know exactly. There you go. For anybody who didn't give a shit about the Midwest, there you go. We uh, we filled you in a little bit <laughs> on the podcast here. Um, but yeah, so you know, the next year in Asheville, I mean, yeah, you put up four hundred and fucking one penalty minutes. So you were uh, you were pretty busy that year. It was the career high you had in Pims. But you also played with a guy there who uh, actually got lined up to come on the show eventually. You know, he funny enough, he actually resides down here in Tampa. But you, and of course, I'm going to say the name, but people, it's not the NHL guy, but it's uh, the guy who played in the minors. But it was Tom Wilson? And what was it like playing with old Willie? Willie is coming on the podcast. Man. Yes, he is. He, I didn't I, know that guy was still alive. He is. He is. Well, you'll have to give my. I'll have to give him my give him my number. Just a great dude. One that's actually one of my favorite guys in that year on that team. That uh, he came in uh, from Columbus, I believe. Yep. With uh, Pat, uh, our coach Pat uh, Bingham brought him in. Yeah, we had a bunch of good guys come from the Central League that year. That really actually helped our team actually make it uh, to the finals. Yeah, Willie, he's a piece of machine. That guy. He fought, I think he fought five guys in that Knoxville brawl. I think it was the, what do they call it? The, the, oh man, I'm so forgetful. Too many concussions. Jeez, uh, Christ. Great cop in Canada. What's it called in the States? Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday. It was like a one o'clock game or a noon game against Knoxville back when Knoxville had like Alex Alapin. I think there was that little short guy, Andrew Tortorella or something or other. So our coach, we're, I think we're losing. He's like, our coach gives me and Lee Sphanks do a tap on the back. And I want to say sent out, uh, who was with us? Tom, Willie was on the back end and somebody else. And he said to Lee Sphanks do, who is like six foot eight or six, nine on skates. just a big farm boy from out West. He said to Lee said, Lee, I want you to go grab a hold of this guy. I don't want you to fight but I want you to pick him up and body slam him into the ground until somebody on their team wants to fight. He's like, this team, they're coming in here, score two goals in the first period, whatever. They think they're going to run right over us and not going to have to drop the mitts and answer the bell. So Lee went out, dropped his mitts, picked this guy up. I swear he's picking him up six, seven feet in the air and slamming him onto the ground. <laughs> and then... And then I was just standing there. I had no idea, no idea what to do. I was like frozen in time. And all of a sudden, two guys passed me. I was on the boards. Two guys passed me from their bench. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? All of a sudden, uh, I think it was Tyler Prasovsky. He, he jumped off the bench, gloves flying, jersey off, helmet off. And he's going, he's going after somebody. And I ended up fighting. I don't know who it was, Mike somebody and i think alpin at the end and another guy but i think willie fought five guys that time he's behind the net fighting the goalie and one of the defensemen <laughs> it was insane <laughs> a fucking gong show i'll have to ask him about it when i get him on hopefully I have, he's uh he's an emt or an ems down here or something like that um from what i understand and so his, his schedule is a little a little weird but i'm supposed to be getting him on i think this coming tuesday 
is what we got uh what we got planned so i'll have to ask him about it and see what uh see what he recalls about it as well i think it's like i think they, i think they call it the super bowl sunday brawl or something i don't know my buddy sent it to me there a little while back actually a kid that was uh one of my like sponsor families or whatever, right? When they have the fan club for oh, the yeah, team, one of the booster club teams, booster club yeah. deal. Yeah. So he sent me that there a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago. He said, do you remember this? I'm like, yeah, it was an absolute fucking Chinese fire drill. Fuck. I'm gonna have to look that up. I don't think I've ever seen that brawl. Dude. It's insane. Insane. And like at one point, I think I have my Jersey off and one of the linesmen is like sitting on my back at center ice. And I'm like, literally watching like five or six fights go on because they wanted to try to get me off the ice and lee spanks do uh prasovsky they're trying to get willie but willie's a wily he's a wily veteran he was just hanging on to the back of the net hanging on to the goalie like i said he fought two or three guys at one time behind their net (laughs) it's 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 insane (laughs) <laughs> oh shit yeah welcome to the uhl gotta love it the yeah, United exactly. league was fucking unreal <laughs> old ricky old ricky brussel in the stands just losing his shit <laughs> oh man um one name i gotta ask you about too uh just because you know it's you got the big name but you played with him was brent gretzky old uh you know wayne's brother what was it like playing with him unreal guy one one of the best guys you would never know that his brother was the best NHL player of all time like for his era you would never know being and even his brother was our coach uh Keith just great guys would have the guys over all the time he'd put his credit card out set his credit card out when we go on the road at the bar he'd be like all right boys tonight's on me and I'm not talking like there's like four or five guys on a couple rookies there's like 18 20 guys like all the guys are out and he just picks up the tab for everybody like in a league where guys are making 350 450 500 bucks a week that's a pretty solid move oh yeah for so, sure I mean, I mean he's i think he's now a opp officer which is a ontario provincial police officer down in southern ontario there you go yeah it's funny he ended up playing of course in the uh the infamous danbury team which we'll get to in a little bit um, oh, <laughs> yeah the best team money could buy exactly yeah for the <laughs> of course all within the uh the salary cap of the uhl of course um <laughs> yeah so hundred thousand bucks a week for their salary cap <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> oh shit um well man so the next year and of course we talked about this team uh prior to the podcast but i mean this team you want to talk about pack a fucking lunch you had uh, it was the two one to 2 wheeling nailers in the ECHL. You had yourself, Mark Major, Brandon Walsh, Dan Kopech, David Kochi, and Ken Tasker. Jesus Christ! Did you guys and you play forgot, hockey? You forgot. You forgot Ernie. Derek oh, Ernie. Yep, he was, yep. He's a t- one of the toughest guys on that team, actually. Did but, you guys yeah, play any was... hockey at all? <laughs> Oh, not a lot. Not a lot of us. We did do a lot of uh, we did do a lot of bag skates with Brof behind the bench. Holy fuck! <laughs> what was it like that with Brophy? <laughs> oh my god, this guy was an absolute legend. Oh yeah, legend. This guy would come in. He'd lived across. I want to say he lived at the hotel across from the arena. Didn't drive. Fucking tracksuit everywhere. He literally wore his suit. That he for a game he would wear his rig suit tie under his tracksuit and just like tear away his coat and rip off his pants behind the bench and be like, hey Billy to our to our stick boy, hey Billy, put this back on the bus. Yes, bro. 
Later, bro. Like he was an absolute animal. He'd come in. We'd be, we had a gym in Wheeling uh, inside the room. And then you go up and there's the showers. Uh, so after practice, he'd be in there. We'd be working out. Uh, me, Tasker, Walshy, and a couple of the other guys. A lot of the, actually the really good players too. Uh, Mike Hurley, uh, Dylan Gary was there. He played a little bit in the American League. They were Those were our top guys. So we'd be working out. Brof would come in off the ice uh, with his skates on and his tracksuit. 225 on the bench and he'd fucking rip out 10. No spot. Just like <laughs> and during the games, just an absolute animal. You don't even get the tap. You don't get the tap. You get a fucking pointed ass, like uh, almost a flashy snakeskin cowboy boot right in your butt. And that's that's your cue. You're up. Go go get an Attila. We need a, we need a change of pace to this game. But he was just a beauty. Like some, there, I mean, there's probably 50 stories I have about that guy. That's insane. Like the, uh, I'll get a, give you a quick one. Uh, we had a skate for Christmas in Wheeling. So it's a home game. We have all the flashy. I think we had a, a jersey auction after. Nice Christmas jerseys. Oh, and then beautiful. a fan skate. And then a fan skate. Well, Atlantic City, I think they won. I think they won the coast that year. They came in and just fucking laid a beating on, I think, six or seven, nothing. Uh Right at the end of the game, me, Tasker, and Ernie went out, and we got into a line brawl, so we got kicked out. We're half undressed when the game ends. Well, Brof comes in. There's, like, fans. There's probably 400 fans waiting to skate with the team. Fucking Brof becomes, he's like, what are you three idiots doing? Put your fucking skates on. Out we go, down and backs for an hour while the fans waited for the Christmas skate with the players. <laughs> I was dying. Literally dying. <laughs> It was it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But I mean, Brophy is just just a great guy. If you were a tough guy, you did your job, you worked hard, you stayed out of trouble. He he didn't bother you. Yeah, I love any any time somebody's played under Brophy, I have to ask him a Brophy story because he's just an absolute fucking legend. So you always got to ask him, or I always got to oh. ask guys any Brophy stories that they have, and. Um, yeah, there's just always so funny with it. And I love that he'll chirp the players again, too. Like, he'll fucking just say whatever he wants to the players. He'll chirp them from the bench on the opposing team and everything like that. Um, that was oh, unreal. He would, <laughs> he would tear strips off of other guys. I'd be lined up against a guy. I'm, I'm going to fight the guy. And Brof's, like, chirping the guy saying, Hey, uh, 72, you're about to go to the penalty box with some blood all over you. You better get your uh, grab your nutsack before when you get in there. Just losing it on the guys. He's just just a beauty. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how. I can't remember how old he was when he coached me. I want to say he was like 73, 74. I don't know any guy that's 73, 74 that can jack up 225, no problem. Just like it's nobody's business. That's just the way, the kind of guy he was. He's just, he's just a. <laughs> I don't know. He's a legend. Like the guy was an absolute legend. Some of the the way the, the best way to describe stories with him sometimes is just like you just the only other explanation is it's just brophy. It's just how it is. <laughs> that, yeah, it's like uh, oxymoron. Right. Oh, that's a brophy story. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yep, everything makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what was it? You know, of course he just was recently on Spit and Chicklets, and we talked about him a little bit. What was it like playing with old Walshy, Brendan Walsh? Oh, uh, Walshy, he got. Uh, he was real good for us at the beginning of the year there. Um, I want to say he got called up maybe before Christmas or after Christmas. 
And then we didn't see him again. I mean, he was too good for that league anyways, right? So uh, we didn't see much of him after Christmas, I don't think. But, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the penalty box, so I wouldn't even know if he was on the bench or on the <laughs> ice. So. But, yeah, he's just a good hockey player. Uh, funny story with him. I don't know if, if you had him on or if you told this on Spit and Chicklets, but uh, I went down and did a couple hockey schools with Wheeling and uh, Pittsburgh. They had a Neville Island in, uh, in Pitt. They have like a Maryland U hockey school, blah, blah, blah. So I went and skated for a couple, uh, a week before the training camp for Wilkesbury and while she was at the NHL camp. So at the NHL camp, if there's a penalty called, they do a penalty shot uh, and in pit, the guy chases from the blue line. So whatever, while she's playing, they're playing, I think Oliwal was on the team oh. and him and Walshie were on separate teams. So while she being while she was just giving it to him, cross checks, sticking him in the nuts, like wanting to fight. Oh, it was like, no, I can't go. I can't go. I can't go. So while she literally, I think, I think while she two handed him or only two handed something. So whatever it was, I think only was chasing Walshie, and Walshie instead of scoring, he's came in, only was behind him. He just left the puck go, turned around and just gave him a huge slash like instead of taking the penalty shot, while she just turned around and gave it to him, and then they actually did end up fighting. I think the next shift against each other. It was uh, pretty comical, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I gotta love. Always love the stories when drills will turn into fights real quick out in camp or oh. <laughs> practices. <laughs> well, hey man, look at it helped St. Louis last year win the cup. It got yeah. them. Uh, didn't that turn their season around right after? I think they won on a huge, a huge heater. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, another guy I got to ask you about on that team, and of course we just mentioned him, but, um, you know, he was on my buddy Darren's uh, podcast over there at Fourth Line Voice, uh, but it was Dan Kopech. What was it like playing with him? Oh, Kopi. Uh, good lad. Just another Western farm boy. Uh, I actually played with him in Laval, too. Uh, I think it was the next year or maybe the year after. Yeah, Cope was a good guy. He, uh, he, had a young, he had a young wife and family there, but, I mean, nobody – I mean, I think he maybe fought five times that year, maybe six. No one would go near him. There was, like, guys would skate near him, and he would just – he'd have that big, long stick, big, tall guy, and guys would go into his corner, and they'd just come out of the corner. Like, they'd go in fast, but they'd be going to the bench, hunched over, just – they got worked is what happened because that's <laughs> what he did to guys. And no one would go near him. By the halfway during the year, no one would go near the guy. He'd go back to get the puck on a breakout, and it'd be like the Red Sea parting when he'd go up the ice. So, yeah, he, he was a tough dude. Like, one of the guys I wouldn't mess with on that team would be him. Scary, tough, and just a quiet guy. And those are usually the – those are usually guys you don't like to uh, tangle with too often. Yeah, it's always the quiet ones you got to look out for, for sure. That's right. <laughs> um, and, of course, you played with Ken Tasker, who was also a guest on the show. And those for those listening, you can go back and listen. I forget which episode number it is, but it's episode whatever, Ken Tasker. You'll be able to see it. Um, but, you know, pound for pound, one of the toughest wide-open fighters. What was it like playing with Tasker? Oh, man, that guy's the same thing. He actually – I see Tasker off and on. I live only an hour from Ottawa, uh, where I work and where me and my wife live. Uh so, uh, Tasker, uh, he was at that camp with us as well, coming in, uh, into, into wheeling from Wilkesbury. 
I think, like I said, we've played in the first two exhibition games, a home and home with Syracuse. And I think me, Kopech, Ernest, Tasker, and maybe uh, he was a big lad signed by Pittsburgh, Dan. Oh, it's so bad. We fought three times a game. Like we had six fights in two games, all of us. It was, <laughs> it was insane. And then the next, the next time we played, I think we played Binghamton or Lowell, one of those. It was, yeah, basically all it was was fight after fight after fight. And Brope was just licking his chops. He's like, I've got all these guys coming down to wheeling. Too bad we can't score, though. <laughs> yeah, because you guys, uh, you, you definitely weren't shy on the uh, the tough aspect. That's for goddamn well, sure. I, yeah, I, I think we set a record or something that year for maybe, I don't know if it's fights or it might have been uh, penalty minutes. One of the two, I can't remember. But, I mean... If you're on a Brophy team, you know the team's going to be tough. I don't think you ever had a team with uh, less than four or five guys with over 300 minutes. Yeah, I think I'm Brophy both. would rather not not score than to have a team with no toughness, it seems like. Well, I mean, he knows that a puck can go off one of his tough guys' asses if all the other guys are laying on the ground. Like <laughs> he would just, We would literally beat teams in the submission. And I know guys that played – that I've talked to that played for him in, uh, in, uh, when he played for, I think he was a coach in Norfolk back in the day when he won a couple championships on the coast. I can't remember the name of the team, but I think like they were saying, like they'd score five goals because no one would want to compete against them. They were just that tough, which is pretty scary yeah. when the other team just shuts it down because the other team's that much tougher. But <laughs> yeah, shows you what toughness can do. I know a lot of people out there. Well, of course, toughness you can't really can't really have it in today's hockey or the NHL, I should say. But you know, toughness does play a big factor in the hockey. And of course, you know, like you said, just won, won a couple championships for Brophy. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, he was uh, one of a kind. Tasker, the same thing. That guy lived to fight. He loved it. He'd be punching the punching bag before the game taping his knuckles, taping his wrist. He was like a regular uh, – he was like the fourth member of the Hanson Brothers, that guy. <laughs> you always putting on the foil. <laughs> oh, that guy, dude, I'm telling you, that guy loved to fight. He was ready. He's the biggest gamer I've ever played with. Absolutely. Nobody would – he would never, ever shy away from a fight. Yeah, that, ever. that fucking – well, of course, his fight with Trevor Sen is still regarded as, like, one of the best hockey fights of all time, and for good reason, of course. And, I mean, that fight is just ridiculous. Like, I don't know. It's two two middleweight guys just going bomb for bomb. It was one of the best fights ever. Oh, hands down. Like, I, 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 still, I still always love to say this. Uh, that was actually the very first video I ever watched on YouTube when YouTube first came out. I searched hockey fight and that was the first video that I ever watched. I was I was probably I'd have been like eight or nine years old uh, when YouTube had came out. So that's always I was I always give that that fight credit to being the first ever video on YouTube I watched. <laughs> um, so Tom Gasker's he's he's probably up on your list then for tough guys. Oh, definitely 100. percent I was so happy I was able to get him on. Um, you know, because you know, there's uh, you can do a lot of top ten lists, and everybody always likes to uh, you know do the NHL. I always like to stick with the minor leagues, and I'll throw a couple NHL guys in. Like my favorite player of all time is Chris Nyland, but um, 
Oh, Knuckles. Yeah, the Knuckles. And, uh, you know, a second favorite is John Morasti. So kind of shows you where my, my spectrum goes. It goes from NHL to minor league. And I was like, you know, the, the undersized guys or the pound-for-pound guys that would just stay in there and just fucking chuck them. Wow, the funny thing is that both those guys are, I mean, Morasti's pretty jacked, but he's a smallish guy. But he, that's another guy. He, he would never, ever walk away or skate away from a fight. And he'd just kill you. He wouldn't get you the first part of the fight, but once you're bagged, you're done. Yeah, he just go. He goes forever. Yeah, he, he does. Loves it. Oh, he does. He, li- he like loves it. He's like the. He's like was like the modern age Ty Domi. He just loved to get punched in the face and give it back. Yeah, he'd take forty three of them and smile at you, and then give you some back. It was. It's just unreal how someone like a human can do that. <laughs> well, I mean, and then I mean, I've seen some of the fights. A buddy of mine. Uh, plays in that Quebec league too, Matt Rabby. He, yep. I mean, uh, he he would fight against Morassi, and they'd both be like punching each other in the face, and then one of them would like raise their hand in the air. All the fans go crazy, and then he'd punch him in the face again. He'd take like four or five, put his hand up again, like insane, yep. <laughs> like literally asking to get one on the button, just go down. Oh yeah, the one of the funniest stories was um, <laughs> Brad Lambert had told this one in the LNH special, and Morasti, he he can't remember who Morasti was fighting, but it was Teddy Bear Toss Night in uh, the LNH, and it was supposed to be you know when you score a goal is when you throw the teddy bears on. Well, I guess Morasti was in the middle of a fight and started like waving the crowd on to hype him up, and they all start throwing the fucking teddy bears mid fight. So Morasti's still throwing fucking hands with this guy while they're, you know, center ice in the LNH and teddy bears are raining down on top of them mid fight. Like I've never heard of anything like that. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Well, that league is just insane though. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, of course. Well, speaking of the league, that's where you ended up the very next year in the QSPHL with uh fuck, excuse my French language here as I, my, my French is awful, but is it Pont Rogue? Is that how you say that? Uh, Ponte Rouge. Yeah, I never would have so got it's that. It's literally a small little <laughs> a small little village outside Quebec City. I actually lived in Quebec City um, that for the first part of the season. I ended up getting hurt, and then I think I left halfway through. But it was a shit show. Like, I mean, <laughs> unreal cash. Like the money was insane. But I mean, the hockey was decent. We had a lot of pretty good guys on my team, good players, but couple guys that played a few games in the NHL back in the day with the, with the Nordiques. Um, but I mean, I couldn't speak French worth a shit. So here's this big, dumb white guy walking around Quebec city can only say bonjour or au revoir. So basically <laughs> it kind of, it got really lonely really quick living by yourself. And there's only one guy on the team and he works. And I was like living in Quebec. So I was like, Go to the mall, go to the gym, go to the mall, go to the gym, go to. Luckily, there was a French and English movie theater by my by my place that actually saved me for the first part of the year. And then I'd had enough. <laughs> when you got there, man, when, when you saw kind of like the, the, the fights and everything happening, were you kind of like, where the fuck am I right now? Well, I mean, it was. Yeah, that's it's a big eye opener. I mean, the only reason I signed there is because I would have uh I could live in Canada and it was cash money. I think, I don't know. I think they got busted for that. I don't know if they had hell's angels paying or whatnot. I don't know what, (laughs) I don't know what the deal was, but all I know is when I got paid, 
I'd go in on a, every second Thursday and they just hand me a, an envelope full of hundred dollar bills. And there was a fair amount of hundreds in there. And I mean, and they paid for my, my uh, condo, they paid for my internet, all that crap. So literally all I paid for was my food. I mean, it was, it was good. I just wanted to live in Canada, uh, try it out. It was okay. But the French language barrier for me, that made it really, really hard. But the league was insane. So many <laughs> fights. First five minutes, it'd be like seven tilts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it'd be like the French guys. It'd be like six French guys just screaming at me at the penalty box. I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're saying to me. <laughs> like, you can square, you can curse, you can yell. I have no idea what you're talking about. So you're not bothering me. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt, man. It's uh, that league was definitely in a world of its own. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the league for what it is. So I always appreciate. It. Well, of course, you were in it when it was the QSPHL, but then when it became the LNH, is when kind of the owners and money started really flowing in that league too. So um, you know, it was well, a little bit crazy. <laughs> well, they have a French language. Uh, they have a French language uh, sports cable show uh, similar to your ESPN. But in French, and they would have cover those games. Yep, RDS. Like a, like a legit on RDS, you could watch a game from that league. So the first fucking six minutes, you're watching it from home on TV. There's six tilts. There's a teddy bear toss. There's probably six pretty good looking strippers from the strip joint that's in that town that the owners bring in. It's crazy, <laughs> just crazy. It's just like a, it's like a circus, man. Is what it reminds me of. But uh, yeah, it I, does. Like <laughs> instead of warm up tunes like dance music, it should be the circus music from like Barnum and Bailey's for the warm up music. It's oh man, it's crazy. Well, that you probably got like Metallica and fucking Megadeth forever, like enshrined in your fucking brain from how many times they play it during all the fights or that dance with the devil song. Do Haas. Oh yeah, do Haas too. Do Haas. One of the guys actually had that as like his theme music. So anytime he got into a fight, like the DJ was firing that on. He's like, mine is my my fight song is Ramstein, I think. Do Haas. I'm like, all right, man, whatever. I'll I'll fight to whatever, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was crazy. And then I, I think I played again in that I played in Laval. I'd signed a year after or the year after that. Uh, but I ended yeah, up breaking years. Yeah, so I ended up breaking my ankle with when I played for Laval and they like I had to play three extra games on a broken ankle before they took me to the took me to the hospital to get my cast put on Ugh. like so that was a good time uh on that team that you had um with uh pont rouge or whatever <laughs> however the fuck it said um that's it pont rouge there we go. Uh, you had two tough cats and of course uh you, we talked about guys who really like to fight well fuck you had mike bro on there mike brault for those if with the uh, kind of the americanized pronunciation but he holds the record for the most hockey fights like ever uh, with like six, it's six hundred and something. I can't remember. But what was it like playing with him? He was only there for a little bit when I was there. But I mean, this place and we showed up. The only guy I knew on the team was Yannick Renault. I think he played in Knoxville and a couple other places in the Central League. So that's one of the guys I knew because I had fought him the year before. And like all you kept hearing about was Mike Bro, Mike Bro. So we're doing all this fitness test. We're doing this like a cop test for like a pin test for. A, for a police officer, that's the testing we were doing for this Quebec senior league. I'm like, <laughs> man, this is I'm like, this is some legit shit here. I'm like, 
we didn't even do this at any pro camps, not even at American League camps. And I'm like, all right, whatever. They had us do these like bench press tasks, whatever, all good. And then so finally this guy shows up uh, and he just beats the shit out of like five guys in the first scrimmage. So, I mean, he was hyped for good reason. He was tough as fucking nails. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he definitely liked to fight for sure. If you're holding, you know, six hundred something fights under your belt, you uh, you <laughs> do a, a little bit. Fights. It's crazy That's to like, even think about. I mean, think about six hundred UFC fights. Could you make it through? Could you make it through a hundred alive? <laughs> right. And then, you know, I mean, of course, he was in the early, early Quebec League. And, you know, then when it was kind of just, you know, a couple, it'd be like the 30-second the square off and you kind of grab each other and go down. But you got to think if you average, uh, I, I forget who I was doing this with one day, but we averaged, like, let's say each fight was about 20 seconds. And it comes out to, like, almost, you're like 18 hours of fighting or some some stupid number like that. It well, was, just think he gets hit with five punches times 600 fights. That's a lot of punches to the face. Yeah, and that's just five. <laughs> that's five. That's not, yeah. That's not if he goes 20 toe for toe with another guy, which he did a lot of times. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and another guy you had on that team was Sebastian Sear. Do you remember playing with him at all? Oh, my God. That guy. The military guy? I think he was in the military. Like He, he was in the military, uh, in the Canadian military, and playing with that team. That guy literally just, he didn't even... He didn't even shoot the puck in warm-up. They wouldn't even let him take passes. <laughs> he was insane. And he'd just get on the ice, and I think he fought uh, Serge Roberge, maybe. And he just beat the shit out of him. And I had played against Serge in the U-Haul, and he was a top customer. I think yeah. he played some games in the NHL. Like, he could go. And he's another guy uh, on the smaller side from Morasti. I think Serge is a little taller, but not as thick and as strong as Morassi, but man, could he go forever? I think I fought him a couple of times where I hit him a few times and at the end of the fight, I could barely stand up and he was still throwing bombs at me. <laughs> yeah. Sir, yeah, he was a, he was a tough dude. Um, and dude. I think he'd passed away, unfortunately. Um, really? Yeah. That's it was, terrible. it was something like, I think he had a brain bleed or something like that. It just, it was just something like a cyst, maybe something tragic. Um, it was just oh, really unexpected wow. one day. Um, just like the one from the other week, the Colby Cave from the Oilers. Yeah, like crazy, that. So just man. crazy. Just you know, you don't even don't even see it coming. Um, twenty five years old. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane to think about. I'm, I mean, fuck, I'm twenty four. Like that could happen to me. You don't even know it. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're twenty four. Yep. You lucky duck. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, yeah, twenty four, and I'm just fucking just do nothing but drink bush light and eat wings all day. Hey, <laughs> nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. Good luck. Those are the good old days. <laughs> yeah, I can get it. It's catched up with me a little bit. That's for sure. I got to get back into the gym because from the Marines, man, I go from you know running quite a bit and hitting the weight room all the fucking time, and now I've been out for about two years now, and I just uh, gotten fat and happy to say the least. <laughs> I mean. We all get that way, but I mean, I got my wife's got me on meal prep and have to eat greens with every, some kind of green with every meal. I'm like, oh my god, just <laughs> let me eat my potato chips and chew my chew. Right, Leave exactly. Me alone. What do you chew? What, what 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 do you chew, man? What what's your, oh, what's your man, choice right, of? Uh... Right now, I'm chewing the grossest Copenhagen Southern Blend of all time. It is disgusting. Have you but, what, do you not like Southern Blend? No, I like my chew. I mean, I'm. 
obviously fairly redneck, apparently, is what I'm told, because I chew grizzly, long cut, wintergreen. Fuck yeah, that's, that, the, that's the fucking that titties, mean, that's, titties, that's man. My, <laughs> that's my go-to. So, I mean, now that the all the, everything's closed here in Canada, where I live, costs like 27 bucks for a tin. Mm. 27 bucks. I mean, Jesus I have a good Christ. job, but I mean, that's a lot of cash for chew. So I, the reserve here now, because of the quarantine, everything's shut down. Me and my wife went uh, to go on the weekend and get some get cheap gas, like crazy cheap gas and cheap chew. Uh, and it was all shut down. There was a cop posted there and a couple elders. And so no cheap chew. So I had to buy this shit. And it is shit. <laughs> Just saying. Southern Blend is all, oh, Southern Blend is all right. Uh, you know, but if maybe when it's new. This thing, when I open it up, six moths blew out of it. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> fucking drier than a nun's cunt. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. I mean, I don't drink anymore at all. So I'm, I might have to put some whiskey on this baby. Oh, they used to have fucking Copenhagen whiskey blood. I know. And that used to that, be good. That was good that's stuff. That's what I used to chew when I lived in the states. Fuck. Oh yeah, it's, it's chew here is fucking cheap. Well, Florida's dude, a little bit more expensive, like, but back in North Carolina, man, I used to be able to get a dude, fucking can of Grizz for like two thirty. Dude, buck eighty nine, Walmart. Fuck yeah. Right across. <laughs> Buck 89. I'd buy like 50 tens. And then my parents would show up, like my mom and my brother, and all my buddies back home chewed. They're like, man, chew's like 17 bucks a 10. I'm like, I can get it for three bucks Canadian, man. I'll send it home with my mom. There you no go. No worries. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Make your mom the tobacco mule. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Run a tobacco over there for him. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, How many yeah. tins of tobacco do you have, ma'am? Oh, I got none. Uh, plus, my uncle chews, right? So I, I would be sending back to my uncle, too. He was, wasn't was going to pay that when I could get it for dirt cheap. You ever dip, uh, do you ever dip stokers by any chance? Oh, oh. gross. <laughs> like, oh, you think it's gross, dude? What? Like a tub of stokers? Oh, well, because, I mean, if you're buying. Dude, I'll send, <laughs> I'll send you a tub of stokers. If you send me a sleeve of fucking grizzly, <laughs> I got no you. problem, no questions <laughs> asked. As soon as the reserve opens, I'm putting it in the mail to you. Dude, send me your Stokers, info. Stokers is like the juicy, like it's not the greatest <laughs> tasting, but it's the fucking juiciest wintergreen you'll ever fucking have. I don't know. It tastes to me like wintergreen flavored cut up uh, shingles, oh. like housing shingles. Like nothing, oh. nothing beats Grizzly Wintergreen because it's got like the, it just packs a fucking punch. It's not like anything else. It's not like oh, the it's sweet the Wintergreen. Fuck, but yeah. I mean, it, I find it's like Stoker's is like Kodiak Wintergreen mixed with like Copenhagen snuff. I Kodiak, don't know. I just that's didn't like the like fucking it. top shelf shit. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess I'm not. Uh, I'm not a chew connoisseur like yourself. Yeah, well, when you're in the Marines and that's all you can do, you... you oh, that's true. Yeah. I didn't know you guys even had Stokers. I thought that was Canadian. Oh, no, we had Stokers. That, and then I'll tell you what, Stokers is a long leaf chew, and fuck, that's delicious, too. They got, like... I um, can believe that. I'm a big fan of long leaf. What do you chew? So do you chew, re- some... you chew? As we're going off the fucking rails here, I don't really give a shit. Uh, what do you well, chew, I man? mean, you got to go red, man, with uh, yep. regular big league chew mix. <laughs> there you go. That's my go-to. I think I have some up in my uh, in my kitchen cupboard, but my wife would not know about. I hope. <laughs> I had a buddy who'd always do. Uh, he was like Levi Garrett. Levi Garrett's all right, but I was like Red Man. Red Man was fucking Red Man was- delicious. But um, what was it? Stokers. Yeah, Stokers would have. Uh, what was it? They had fl- it was like flavors, so they would have like original chew, but then they would also have like apple and like peach. And yeah, one they of them had was, apple like, peach tequila sunrise. Uh, 
Yeah, there's like a long one, leaf chew, and it was one. delicious. And they had, they might have had moonshine oh. too. I think they did have moonshine. Jesus, and oh See, my you guys god, are it was so good. Americanized. We don't. I think we get uh, bacon flavored chew, wintergreen, and straight. That's oh. a Canadian one. Maybe throw in a poutine flavored chew. We don't get all the <laughs> fancy ones. We don't get like lime tequila or, uh, I mean, the whiskey one. I think we had here for a bit, but. I mean, it was like 27 bucks a 10. Yeah, I don't even think Kobe. they make whiskey blend anymore. I think no, it's like over. Copenh- it's like Copenhagen this... Black is what it is, but it doesn't taste the same to me. I don't think it tastes the same either. I was a big Copenhagen guy before I got into the Grizz. So. I was too. It was always Copenhagen Wintergreen or Copenhagen That's Original right. is what I would chew. And then exactly. once, once I hit I the Grizzly. The yeah, it's like I a crack chewed, fiend. My uncle chewed the Grizz. My uncle chewed the Copenhagen Snuff, and I got into that, and then... We started chewing the whiskey one, and we're like, oh, this is amazing. And then it just disappeared, and here comes the old dust bunny here, Southern <laughs> Blend. <laughs> fucking hey, man. God, I, I'm going to have to go get a fucking can of chew after this. I've, I've been, I don't know, I've been off the chew for like two months now, but now I'm really fucking jonesing. <laughs> Bye. I can send you some of this dust in the mail. Oh, you could. Uh, I'll pass on that one. I could probably get Southern Blend down here just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the good stuff. Yeah, not the, the all the good stuff. Version. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, fuck. We'll we'll get back a little bit here um, after you know our redneck asses just went off for fucking ten yeah. minutes on chew. <laughs> That's all right. People, consumers need to know about these things. Exactly. This is important, and I know you know some people. Uh, plenty of people out there fucking probably dip while we're. You know, bullshitting or fuck dipping in hockey go hand in hand, honestly. So fuck it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, so, well, you know, we'll skip ahead a little bit uh, through, uh, you know, San Diego and Fresno because you, well, you only played one game in Fresno. Well, actually, you said you actually really enjoyed playing in San Diego. So, you know, what oh. was it like playing out there? Man, it was like living on the beach, playing hockey for fun. And I mean, our team was just insanely good, like crazy good. Um, we got rid of like two or three guys, like the coach gassed them, right? At the, I came in at the end of the year and the coach gassed guys that had won championships for him to bring other new guys in. And we didn't miss a beat. Uh, I think we ended up winning the finals, uh, that year in game six or game seven at home. But I mean, what a place, what a coach Martinson guys, yeah. probably, probably one of the best coaches, not, coaching in the american league or the nhl that should be yeah you always hear always hear good things about steve martinson and uh you had a couple guys on there too it's funny i was about to skip over it as i have it right here on here in my fucking notes so langdon <laughs> yep ashley langdon and oh. sabrotka and mullen yeah like they got rid of that they got rid of uh when i came in they i guess marty thought i could play better than him or he was hurt or something but he was around uh he was around the team uh, we all lived in this, like, uh, I want to say it's like a, uh, it's like a condo hotel. So it'd be like two guys per condo room. And then the guys with families and kids had like the big sweet ones. So it was pretty slick. All the guys lived together, except for one guy that lived out, uh, with his wife, uh, in San Diego. So it was really, really good, real, real fun. Just did a, spent a lot of time with the guys. I mean, and you're the rinks four minutes from Pacific beach. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, and you don't have to worry about those harsh Canadian winters. It's funny because down here in Florida, I'm like dying for a winter because it's just hot all the fucking time. Man, you can come up here and take my winter anytime. Yeah, I'll take some snow from you because, I mean, well, fuck, it's already like 90 degrees and we're not even in, 
you know, May yet. <laughs> it's been fucking I rough. Mean, we we just turned the, we just turned the heat off at our house today, and we got the windows open because it's nice. But my wife's outside right now drinking a drinking a pink Whitney, uh, no less. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, on the patio. So wait until I get done this, and we'll go have some dinner. Yeah. Well, fuck. Maybe if if the if this podcast becomes big enough, we'll make our own fucking chew. <laughs> yeah. One that we can get a quarantine chew up we'll and make it uh, accessible at any time. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so the next year, though, uh, this is fuck. This competes with the uh, the old wheeling team that you had, but you play for Laval, and this team was stupid. Again, here you go, Mark Major. Again, you had him. He followed you there. My roommate. Yep. You had Mark Major, Mario Jolly, Matt Rabby, Craig Martin, Randy Ponte, Pat Cote, Mike Bajerni, and Chad Richard. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of teams that year that wanted to fight with us. Yeah, you uh, only had eighty five <laughs> penalty minutes. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, I, I mean, I you you couldn't get a fight. There'd be guys. <laughs> t- there'd be times where uh, Richards would be jumping in front of uh, Pajerni and taking a guy's fight, like in when the guys had their gloves off already. It was insane. But I mean. Like so, that team was so crazy tough. It was insane. Pat Cote, probably one of the toughest guys I've ever seen in person, just kill guys. Yeah. I've never seen a guy punch that hard. Yeah, Pat Cote was just an animal, and of course, like, like we had talked about before, and I've mentioned, you know, he had a really good uh, whey, whey protein and chicken diet <laughs> out oh, there. Oh man, that guy was on the yeah, he was on the something diet. That's for sure. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> What was it like play with uh, you know Mike Bajerni though? Dude, that's uh, one of the one of the best guys. Uh, I was only there for a little bit, but one of the best guys that I've actually been around in hockey. To be honest, just a good guy would do anything for any of the guys. And like I was new to the team, and he showed me around, took me everywhere I needed to go to get stuff. Just a good guy, and he was top. top. Oh yeah, he was. You ever watched that that Les Chiefs documentary? His brother, yeah. Made? It, yeah, his brother made it. I think his grandpa was, I think his grandpa funded it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Corey Holland was in that. Uh, and you fought Corey Holland else? too, didn't you? Yeah, well, I fought him when I played in that Pont Rouge, and I fought him when he played in the U-Haul back in the day. I think he played like in Madison, maybe. I don't oh. know for sure, but Madison. I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, I think they were called the Mad. Well, I don't even know what they're called. The monsters, the Madison monsters. monsters. That's oh yeah, right. Stevie Parsons played there. That's what. Fuck, Link, Link Gates played there. What? Oh yeah, Link Gates. Really? Oh yeah, he was there for one season. I think it was '97. Uh, but I yeah, think Link Gates fucking... played everywhere. And he played in Laval. Did you? Fuck, you probably played around the. Uh... He was probably yeah, in the QSPHL with you. He was in the league uh, when I played in Laval. Yeah, I don't know who he was playing for though. I yeah, well, he, he was he was a suitcase in the LNH because they didn't want <laughs> he couldn't stay on a team, and then when you. If you can't stay on a team in the LNH or the the Quebec League, <laughs> it's it's a problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, time, it's time to hang them up and find a job. But those guys all all those guys had other jobs, right? Like only like some of the guys that from out west and stuff they don't have jobs, but all the French guys have day jobs, right? Yeah, and they would. So just I'm sure like, he was. Yeah, I'm sure he was working and uh, and playing, and I'm sure he wasn't. Uh, playing for free either <laughs> no probably not probably came at a pretty price to play uh 
Link Gates on the uh, on the roster there. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those yeah Madison. Fuck, I just had Pat Barton on, and he he played for Madison. Um, or excuse me, no, was it Brian Rasmussen? Fuck, I can't remember. I've interviewed so many fucking guys. I think Ra- yeah, you said Rasmussen was on last week. Yep, yep, yep. He was. Um, so it's probably Rasmussen on Madison, but um, yeah, it had to have been him because he was under Dave Schultz. But um, yeah, that that fucking, those jerseys were fucking awful. They were just some awful. Of the, some of the worst jerseys I've ever seen is in minor pro. Just terrible. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, I mean, the old school Muskegon Fury jersey, uh, that was a pretty bad one, too. There's a lot of bad ones out there. I have an Asheville smoke jersey upstairs that would blow your socks off for badness. Oh, you have to send me a picture later. I got I, I, I will. I have one that's pretty bad. It's a gold Gary Goulash fucking roller hockey international jersey, and it's fucking awful. <laughs> it is awful. Yeah, I don't know. There's some bad ones out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, what was it like playing in Laval, though? I mean, because Laval is like the, uh, I guess... It's in, Montreal, man. It is. It's like, it's and for the Quebec League, that's like, you know, the place to go. Well, I mean, it was back in the day. So, like, what was it like playing there? Yeah, well, we went, we would be doing stuff every night. Like, we'd be going to the movies. Like, there's all the guys lived around the same area. So, we would be doing stuff every night, whether it be drinking paul those guys were drinking pints doing whatever but uh yeah we spent a lot of time downtown montreal maybe a few of the uh seedier less uh well-known strip clubs went to a couple <laughs> of ufc fights uh a couple of ufc fights i think at the denny pot van arena back in the day that's where uh i think where uh Marassi and those guys started out as well doing their ufc fights and steve Bosse. Oh yeah, those guys. So those guys, that's where the same rank where they started their UFC stuff, because it's pretty big in Montreal, Laval area. There's lots of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of tough guys. Yeah, they love their combat sports up there. Oh uh, man, do they ever? <laughs> um, yeah, well, Bosse. It's cool to see him in the. Uh, I'm not a UFC guy or like boxing, but when I saw that Bosse was fighting, uh, I think I, if I remember right, me and my I took me and my one of my buddies. We went out to like Buffalo Wild Wings to go watch that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, he man, he's pretty tough. Yeah, he is tough, motherfucker. Um, so well, you end up in Rockford again, and you know you, you hadn't been in Rockford since you know two thousand. So what was it like, kind of getting back there, and how did you kind of get back into the UHL? Uh, well, I played for Marty in San Diego. He gave me a buzz, like, "Hey, man, I need your toughness. I want you to come. We're gonna win a championship here." Do you want to win? I was like, yeah. I was like, what do you want to make? I'm like, hey, man, I just want to win. That's all I want to do. It's like, all right. Hooked me up. We came back. Uh, I think first year we were pretty decent. And then the last couple of years we were just, we were really, really good. We just had some bad bounces in the uh, in the second year. But in the last year we got her done uh, before the team was bought out by the Blackhawks. Yeah, and you had a couple characters on there, and I gotta ask you about him. Oh, of course, he was uh, some characters. He was featured, and it's still probably one of the funniest videos you'll ever watch. And everybody oh, was focused. Don't tell me. Oh, you know who it is? It's big Jason snake Ralph. Burks butter. Oh, oh I was saying, I was gonna say Ralphie. Yeah, well, I got Big Snake later. I was gonna, I was bringing up Big Snake later, but I was gonna say uh, Jason Ralph Ralphie. from the old Miked Up in the UHL fucking video. Dude, that guy's legend. On anybody who watches hockey. And you see that guy and you hear the mic'd up. He is hilarious. 
like probably one of the funniest guys I ever played with for sure. And probably the best captain that I played for in hockey. So just a good guy all around. Yeah. He fucking, <laughs> that video he was me ro- fucking Willis. <laughs> just roasting Willis and the Chelios. Hey, Chelios, nice fucking tan. Oh yeah. And then when he's like, he's like, I'm rocking it out with kid rock in Costa Rica. Who are you, Ralph? That was, you missed that part. I guess they cut that out. But that was pretty good. I think it's in the full version because there was like oh. a um, well, there's that. That's just hilarious. the Jason Ralph section of it. But the of course, like the Road Hogs documentary. I think it's in that part. Um, oh, he just got roasted by Chelios. Oh yeah, it was at Kid Rock's place in Costa Rica, and then like Ralphie was like sad face, skate back to the bench and shame. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like he's so funny. Like he's typical ginger man. He's and he's hilarious. Yep. Um, and so, you know, the next, the next year, or excuse me, not the next year, the next guy I wanted to mention was, uh, Eric LaBelle. What was it like playing with him? Oh, Beller, he was my neighbor actually in the, uh, in the condo complex where we all lived. Uh, he's a good guy, quiet guy, just another guy. He's like the French tasker. He would fight anybody and could take a punch and he could give a punch for sure. Just a good dude. Absolutely. And so, well, you'd brought him up before. And so this is the next year that you're in Rockford, but Robin Big Snake. Snake. Yeah. What was it like playing with old Big Snake? Oh, my God. What a guy. He's like uh, probably the most talented fighter that I've ever played with and could probably have played in the show, but he just couldn't get it together. But just a good guy. Uh, Tough. Fought everybody. I mean, he fought. Mac, he fought Butterbean, which I don't know. I'm sure if you've seen that fight on YouTube, when he fought uh, is it Ted Stone? Ted Stone, oh my <laughs> god! He I mean uh, Snake hit him with one punch, one uppercut, and the guy was just leaking. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of, and then literally four minutes later, they're at the bar drinking together. <laughs> it was it was quite humorous. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, fucking yeah. I remember that those old Rockford and Quad City games were just fucking wars back in the day. I always loved when Rockford would come to town. Man, it was fight central all the time. I think Topper was like grinding my eyeballs out in the crease one time in uh, in Quad City when we had that. There was like a goalie goalie fight. I think it was Tapper was in nets for you guys, and we had Freddie. Do you remember that? Do you remember watching that or hearing about that game? No, Where I Freddie Tap. Tapper raced down the ice from your end, like where you guys, where they usually came out. And he raced down the ice and fucking our goalie was slamming his stick against the glass to get out the side door. Cause fucking Tapper was going to kill him. <laughs> it was fucking insane. I don't remember. You know, I, and then, I was uh, younger, I think, so I wouldn't, I, I, think, I remember boy, it, but I don't remember it. Luke Fritchaw fucking grabbed the hold of Tapper and they went like toe to toe in the crease where our goalie was like, I think Freddie actually got out the door somehow and was standing behind the glass and Fritshaw and tap are going toe to toe in the crease. It was pretty, pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking <laughs> it was, I would always go back and forth. So it would be like every other year I'd go back home. Cause I live in Florida now. So I'd go back home to Iowa in the winter. So every other year I'd get to watch hockey. Um, so sometimes I'd miss it and I was a little bit younger, so I couldn't remember quite everything, but I definitely remember, any time that the uh, the Rockford Ice Hogs would come into the fucking barn, it was just a gong show every single time almost. Um, 
So it does sound like something I'm, I'm almost positive. I probably saw at least one of the fucking brawls that you had with Quad City. <laughs> oh, I think it uh, it probably had a lot to do with proximity too. Weren't we only like two or three hours away? Yeah, from each other. Far at all. Yeah, it was like the, yeah, that was so, a big rivalry. And it just there was a hate on both sides. Their their fans hated us, and our fans hated their team. But I don't know. They we both had good squads. I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Those was just powerhouse teams. I fucking loved yeah. it. Um, well, now, finally, I'm actually here. Uh, you know, we're at the part in the notes now where your fight card comes up because, of course, I couldn't get anything um, from HockeyFights.com up until this point. So, you know, luckily we've been able to jog the memory a bit here and get some guys that you fought um, just off of your memory. And, of course, we're, we brought it up earlier, but you fought Brad Wingfield, but it was out in Danbury. What was it like having to go to that fucking place? Man, was that a scary place to walk into? Just they had how many guys do they have? Like I said, I think we talked about it earlier the uh, $100,000 a week uh, pay scale for the U Haul Danbury Trashers. Oh, they were was, loaded with oh, top guys. They had Morasti, Bylois, Wingfield, Ender, Stephen Pete played there. Fuck, it just yeah. it goes Peter on. Peter was playing that because he, he played when they came to Rockford. I don't know if he who did he fight? Maybe Snake fought him. I can't remember, but he was there. Like he fought one of the guys on our team. Maybe I fought. I don't think I fought him though. That's a guy who played in Washington, right? Yep. For the Caps. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I did. I think it was <laughs> Snake that fought him. Yeah. So I mean, going into Danbury, it's it's got to look funny because you got this arena that was originally like a rec rink, and it was just transformed oh. into this pro hockey league rink. Well, pro ish because of course they can only fit maybe I don't know a thousand. 2,000 people like in there? 700, I think. Oh, maybe even lower than that then. <laughs> yeah, like, when you were there, though, it was packed. Like, when they had that real, real, real tough team, like, standing room only all the way around the rink, they were hanging off the rafters in that place. <laughs> but that was a scary – they had a scary tough team. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, did you, I got to ask, because I've only seen it, in, or, or I should say heard it in videos, but – there's like this fucking, it's almost like the Quebec League, how they have the train horn that goes on nonstop during fights. Did you ever hear the horn in Danbury? Some It was like some guy in the crowd would come by with like this, it's like the like a mini compressor and like this megaphone, and it would just sound like a fire truck engine. It's like, like during fights. Did you hear that at all? Uh, no, I don't remember that. Oh, man, I'd have to send I you a I video of it. I think I fought Wingfield in Danbury. Yeah, you did. I don't. I don't remember that one. I don't know. Huh. I don't know if it was ever. I don't think it was every fight, but he the dude had, and they called it like the the horn of death or like the horn from hell or something like that. Um, oh. And they had like this. Did you ever have any experience with like section? I think it was like one hundred and two, is what they called it, and it was supposed to be like where security was very lenient on what they could do and say to the other team and shit. I don't like remember that. those guys. I'm sure they were probably the guys where we walked out. They're just walking into the dressing room and they're just giving it to us, <laughs> throwing pennies at us, spitting on us. Oh, I mean, Jesus! Throwing beers on us, like I mean, come on, it's a, li- it's a little much, but <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, can't catch a fucking break. Um, but what was it like fighting Wingfeld? I mean, just a strong dude. Guy's like a bull on skates. I mean, he's just throwing me around. I mean, I weigh two thirty. And I think, I don't know what he weighs, but he's pretty jacked. And uh, he was basically throwing me around. That's all he did. He's <laughs> fucking, he's tough. Yeah, absolutely he is. Um, yeah, we love Wingfield. Um, 
and another guy you fought was also Brad McMillan. What was it like with him? McMillan, I think I fought in Missouri that year. I don't know. I did really good against him that fight against him, I think. Uh, yeah, he's a tough kid. I think he ended up going back to Fort Wayne, didn't he? I, I'm i not sure. I believe so. Like, after, I don't even know what year. I think, like, maybe 2009 to 13 when they were still in the, uh, I don't know if it was the IHL still or not, but he was there fighting everybody. I'm pretty sure it's the same kid, but I'm not sure. You'd gotcha. have to check yeah. that out. Yeah, I'd have to double check that. Um, yeah, that guy's got a hard bald head. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, so the next year, though, you, you you're still in Rockford, and you you fought some other big name guys. You fought Brett Angel. What was it like fighting him? Yeah, he's Angel. Guy's a pussy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's uh, I don't know that guy. He'll he'll fight anybody too, but I mean, I don't think he's that crazy tough but uh i don't know he does a lot of stuff on the ice i don't like but i mean i respect the guy he dropped the mitts anytime and he's pretty honest so i don't have much more to say about him <laughs> we'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah um another guy you happened to drop the mitts with was jason Payne. what was it like with him oh painter there's another beauty too man that guy is uh he's a legend i have a lot of respect for the guy uh i think when i my rookie year in Port Huron, I believe he was in Flint. I believe. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I, Painter, I have no respect. He hadn't played a whole lot that game, maybe two or three shifts. He asked me. I asked Marty. Marty gave me the go-ahead, and I fought him. Did pretty good. He cut me up at the end of the fight there. Um, I got my chin split open on the uh, on the boards in Bloomington, and – some Canadian doctor from Bloomington left a huge scar in my face, which my wife wants me to get fixed. But <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. It make, gives me character. Yeah, exactly. It's a story to tell for you. That's right. <laughs> um, and the last guy I'll ask you about from that season that you fought was Bruce Richardson, and I think that one's actually on YouTube. You can go check it out if you're listening. Oh yeah, don't waste your time. <laughs> it's a big guy. Be- it's a big guy beating up a little rat. I don't know. The guys have. That guy, would, for his weight class, but, I mean, that guy was a player, so he shouldn't even have been talking to me when that fight actually happened. He was like, I think he was lipping our bench about something. Uh, and it was a play, I think it was a playoff game, to be honest. I'm not sure offhand, but I'm sure Fort Wayne, like usual, would have been packed to the rafters, just people screaming at us. I don't know what he did. He had done something. And he was mouthing off, and I was just like, I had had it. He cross-checked me, cross-checked another guy. So I literally just pummeled him. And that was it. I wasn't going to stop. I wasn't going to stop. And then I did some stupid thing after. Like, I wanted to make it look like a ballerina move as I tossed my helmet, but wasn't that graceful. <laughs> it was graceful in your own way. <laughs> I guess, like yeah. that. <laughs> The old donkey way, grocery stick, dropping his uh, bucket. <laughs> um, so the next year, though, man, you end up in Elmira, and you're you're wrapping it up here as the last two years of hockey. Uh, you know, what was your experience like out there in Elmira? I loved it. Just a great, great town. Great fans, great people. Uh, I don't know if they still – I think they still have a team. Uh, I think Robbie Nichols runs a federal league team there. I'm not sure, but I don't know. I love that. I have nothing but great things to say about Elmira. And uh, – I have friends that still live there to this day that awesome, I ta- talk to regularly. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll just ask you about a couple more guys here, and we'll uh, we'll get you on your way. Um, but you had a couple teammates that I got to ask you about, and one of them, a dude who played for a long time, actually, too. I think he was playing up until like 2019 or 2018. But wow, you fuck Frank Littlejohn. What was it like with him? Frank the Tank. Frankie, he's a tough little motherfucker. That guy. I mean, you don't ever. That's one thing I don't fuck with is farm boys and lacrosse players. And Frankie <laughs> was apparently. A, Apparently a hell of a lacrosse player uh, in his day. I think he lives in Oshawa or Whitby, Ontario. I'm not sure. But, yeah, Frankie was playing. I think me and my uh, me and my cousin went to a uh, Brampton Beast game maybe three or four years ago. And fucking there's Frankie skating around. And I was like, that can't be the same guy. And it was. So, yeah, Frankie. Yeah, how Good many guy. how many little Johns do you know? <laughs> it can't be. I mean, there's only there's only two. Yeah. Him and uh, I think his son is actually a really good player as well now these days. I think this young lad's name's Tyler Littlejohn. I'm not I'm sure. Not sure but yeah, so yeah, Frankie, he would go anybody. That's a funny story too. Uh Frankie, uh, we were playing in Wheeling. Was it in Wheeling? Yeah, it was in Wheeling and Biz was playing. Bizonette was out oh, running Biz. his mouth. Yeah. So Biz is out running his mouth. He's trying to fight me. And I'm like, Marty's like, looks at me. He's like, I always tell this to my buddies at work or like to my friends. They're like, I tell them the story because they're always talking about Biz and spitting chicklets. Like, it's pretty popular up here. It's pretty huge. And the Pink Whitney. So, because I think they run their Instagram pretty well. So Biz is out there. He's sticking guys. He's chirping guys. He's cross checking me. And my coach is like, no, you can't fight this guy. This guy sucks. Well, then, by no means do I know anything about him at all. So a couple of years later, the guy's in the NHL. He's two-time East Coast Hockey League All-Star, and he's playing in the NHL. But my coach is telling me, you're too good to fight this guy. I don't know. I just thought that was very comical. And then <laughs> all of a sudden you look, Frankie doesn't even, he doesn't even look. He just drops his mitts and just goes at him. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, Biz, uh, Biz really changed his role because he was actually really good in junior, and he kind of had to evolve a little bit to kind of stick around, fuck, and man. fuck, it worked out for him. Yeah, if you think, it worked out very well. That's why I always laugh when they're, like, talking to him about Biz. Like, yeah, like, that guy was uh, playing in the East Coast League against us. My coach said I was too good to fight him, and then two months later, the guy's in the NHL. It makes me <laughs> – I was like, it makes me giggle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hilarious. Another guy you had on the team was Chaz Johnson. What was it like with him? Oh, Jesus, Chaz. What a machine that guy was. Great, great hockey player. He was probably too good of a hockey player to be playing in the East Coast League. He's that He's that good of a player. I mean, I played with Chaz and Rockford uh, along with Robin, and those were two guys that I thought for sure after the first year with us that we wouldn't, we wouldn't see them again, but... Uh, just didn't turn out that way for them. I think Chaz played a few games up, but man, that guy was fast and hit like a monster truck. He would just truck guys and just kill guys. <laughs> but and he could and he could play. He was a hell of a player. Right on, man. Um, yeah, and so we you know we talked about it a little bit. I think before we started, I think we talked about this fight, um, and we'll wrap it up uh, here. And it was your fight with you had Lalonde you fought there. Oh uh, God, that guy! What? What? And people listen. That, you can go watch this video, and it's quite comical. But what kind of uh, what were the events that transpired there? 
uh, this guy has been like this guy all year would be like chase me sparing me like such a twit i fought him twice beginning of the year i think it was like one was an exhibition one was in regular season like i don't know i threw him around he's whatever so this game came up i think i just got back from being on the ir for like two or three months with a concussion and i was like out of shape i think it was my last season i was done like i was fried my hands were a mess my face was a mess and my head was all messed up from uh getting punched in the face all the time so this guy chaz gutter all got them all riled up and then this guy started spearing me and in the nuts and I didn't wear a jock at the time because I never did like I said earlier or elbow pads because I just didn't like the feel uh and so he slashed me break I think I slashed him hard as I could with my stick one-handed like a backhand in tennis and then he (laughs) slashed my then he slashed my stick in half and then he speared me then he speared me with like the broken end then I lost it and then somehow we got tangled up on the boards and he was like just literally laying on top of me on the boards. I was like losing my mind. I was losing my breath. I was so out of shape and gassed from being on the IR. It's so out of shape. And I somehow got an arm free and just gave him one uppercut. And that was it. Lights out. Good night, Eileen. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, it's funny. Cause you're wrestling on there on the boards and it's probably like 10 seconds. You're sitting there. And then out of nowhere, you cock your left hand back from fucking three States away and just fucking. Unload oh man, that on was him. like a knuckle dragger. Yeah. I think hit the, that almost hit the ice. <laughs> and my buddy, my buddy at his wedding, like in the summertime of that year, man, he still chirped me about that. Uh, Luke Fulgham. Cause he's, I think he's on the bench and he's like, Gives it to the guy over the boards, like right on his face or something. I don't know. It's pretty comical. <laughs> yeah, he goes down like I a just, fucking I heap. <laughs> I hated that guy. That guy was such a dick. I, don't know. I didn't know what his problem was, but whatever. Well, you got Young him, that's for sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was enough. That was probably my, I think, I bet you that was probably my last pro fight. No kidding. I pro- I think I want to say it was. Well, there unless you go. I had a fight, unless I had a fight with, uh, the Harrison kid from, uh, I think he played for Trenton. Thomas oh. Harrison. He's redheaded ginger guy. He was pretty tough. I'm not sure. I might be able to pull it up real quick. Um, see what we got here. Fuck, of course, hockeyfights.com fucking sucks. I think think or Cormier was your last fight, it looks like. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's pretty tough, too. There you go. Well, there you go. There's your last fight. <laughs> oh, that's it. Enough was enough. Time to retire and get a real job. Yep. What are you up to these days, man? After after hockey? Uh, now that I work, uh, I work at a nuclear facility, uh, taking care of some of the stuff that we have there uh, on the uh, on the government side, and that's it. My wife works for the government as well, and we have a dog. We do some paddle boarding. We do some. Right now, we don't do anything because we're all stuck inside. But Right. Uh, yeah, you're stuck talking to my dumb ass for an hour and a half. Yeah, Sorry. man, I don't mind <laughs> it at all. It's, it's actually fun to talk some sports, at least. I'm not a big fan of talking about myself, but it was fun. Uh, not too much. We go to the gym. We've been doing workouts at home. and I mean, the dog is a lucky one on this quarantine. This dog's got more playtime in the last three weeks that he's had in the first nine months of his life i think oh yeah our dog's been in hog heaven too me being a shift worker and my wife working from home 
she spends a majority of the time with them. So well, other than go. that, not too much. I don't play hockey anymore because it's too dangerous to play where I live. <laughs> it's uh, they take it a little too serious for my liking. So uh, I called the quits uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. Haven't touched the haven't touched the ice at all. Uh, play around with my nephew a little bit. He's going to be quite the player. Uh, he's going to be very good. Uh, as are all the kids these days. I mean, all they do is play hockey uh, in Canada, even in the U.S. Now, uh, you guys have really, really come up as well with the talent. So yeah, it'll be crazy. interesting. It is crazy. I can't believe what people will spend to play hockey. It's, it's ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. No I just kidding. think about how much money my parents spent. I mean, and I'm thankful that I got the opportunity to actually play because a lot of kids actually can't afford to play. It's insane. Too expensive. Yeah, it definitely is. I don't. I'll never understand spending like 400 bucks for a fucking stick. <laughs> I'm up to like the clearance That's rack insane. when I buy it for beer league. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Oh man, dude, I was buying mine here at Canadian Tire. I think they're on sale for 39 bucks. There you and go. Back in the day, I was rocking a 300 dollar fucking one piece, and I was had like six or seven in the stick rack and seven or eight at home in my closet which the team didn't know about, but hey, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's insane. My nephew my nephew went to Montreal a month ago or two months ago before this. Uh, we got quarantined here, and he won a $370 hockey stick. Uh, he was goal, goal, goal leader for the tournament. I was like, that's crazy. The Jesus. kid's eight years old. <laughs> that's insane. insane. That's insane to even think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, fucking A, what a career you had. You had almost 3,400 fucking PIMS. And, I mean, what a journey. You fought some crazy people, and you managed to survive the Quebec League. So, I mean, you can't ask for much oh, more man. than that. <laughs> hey, man, I got to see got to see uh, North America for 10 years playing hockey. Not a bad not a bad deal, but I'm a big fan of uh, regular life now. Now, if just the NHL will come back, we'd all be good. <laughs> there you go. Uh, one last question for you, man. If you had to do it all again, would you do it? Yeah, I'd do it, but I would uh, I would have went to the uh, major junior route instead of going to university. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the only thing. I'd still fight, but, I mean, I don't even think I could make a junior team these days. These guys are insanely good. Yeah, they're all fucking insane. Man, there's a kid up uh, plays on the OHL. Had, I think he's like 15. Had 75 or 80 points, and and the season was cut by 20 games. I think he beat McDavid. So I mean, McDavid's pretty good. I mean, how good is this kid gonna be? <laughs> yeah, McDavid's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's. he's take him on the leaves any day of the week but yeah whatever <laughs> well man i appreciate you taking the time to come on and you know bullshit Thanks, with man. me for a little bit sweet man hey stay safe yeah you too fucking uh you know right. stay safe in we'll quarantine do. absolutely fucking go back enjoy to some work yeah, yeah. i gotta, I gotta say, go back to work this week Ugh. oh i'm already i'm still working thankfully but uh <laughs> Fuck it, eh? Yeah, go enjoy some, go enjoy some dinner. And I know you said you got to uh, enjoy some of your greens instead of your chips. <laughs> oh yeah, man, Caesar salad and pork chops. There you Have go. Have a good night, man. <laughs> you too, man. You All right, later. Fight. Bye.